Hey friends, Andy Jenkins at Transformation Ministries with the Tribe Talk Podcast. I am in the office with my friend Rock Hobbs, the founder, executive director, chief encourager, pastor here at Transformation Ministries in Birmingham, Alabama, where we do three things. Number one, individual and family counseling. Number two, the Transformation School of Ministry. And number three, prayer ministry, three things really that the ministry, I I think with the staff here, they're among the top, the best that you would see anywhere. Now, in the previous episode, Rock was telling us, really, how do you deal with grown children, particularly children that, let's just say it like this, we we call them prodigals. They might have some lifestyle choices different than you. I I was thinking about this really from the last episode because I remember one day we were at my parents. It was a holiday. It's holiday season right now. my, My sister, she says something like she wants wine with it was, I think it was Thanksgiving, and she's just kind of laughing about it. She's going to get it. My mom, my mom said, no, 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 no. She was really kind about it, not at my house. Mm-hmm. And so me and my sister yeah. just started laughing, and my mom was just like, no, 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 no not y'all can do it at your house. Right. You can do it out in the middle of the street. Yeah. But and, and she's backed that up. Like, I've been to family members' yeah. houses where, yeah. you know, there's wine at weddings and other things. Yeah. But it was just, hey, at, at my house, this is just – and there was no hard feelings about it. She just yeah. kind of drawn the line and said, hey, this is my domain. I'm in control in these four walls. Right. <laughs> Meaning yeah. you aren't. Now, you, you took that to a lot different level there, but that's kind yeah. of the principle. Well, I even used that principle with a with a child that's, you know, living with somebody and they're, you know, older. Yeah. And uh, they're not married. And when they come to visit on the holidays, the rule was, um, since you're not married, uh, you're down here. With the in the guest house in the guest rooms for the with the girls and the other ones are upstairs with the guys, right? Um, because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So you get to live by your own convictions, right. even if other people disagree on those in your right. house. I visit them, and they're living together, and I'm visiting them in Texas or Chicago or wherever. Then I I don't say anything. It's their that's, house. That's their house. You can do it. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're in control. Right. They're, 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 they, if they if they ask me what my opinion is, I'll tell them. But right. I won't bring it. I don't. I don't preach or lecture them there. Yeah. So, well, I think that was important, important to understand that. Well, yeah. that was very insightful when you said that last last episode. Is you can't control the the child who's now an adult. You can't control another human, mm-hmm. but you can control your domain. your domain and your house is your domain. So you, you set that up beautifully. Uh, today you have six principles of. What do you do if you have an adult child that I'm, I'm presuming is is staying long term? They're 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 going to be in the house. What are the principles that we can follow that are going to make that not, not necessarily easy and simple, but but they do give us some guidelines to follow right. to walk out. Yeah, just as I get ready to talk about those, and I, I just it's all really has to be um, prefaced with this question as a, as the parent couple. We talked about last time that they need to be unified. That's the very most important thing. you got to be in agreement about whatever the options are that they're going to offer. And they both have to understand that you're not ever kicking your child out of your home. They're right. choosing to leave based on the options that you're giving them. You're never the bad guy. They can never say, you don't love me. You're a bad parent because you're kicking me out. No, 
we, we weren't kicking you out. We gave you an option to stay here. But yeah, you, you gave you him chose, a path. Yeah, you chose not to, so uh, then you're choosing to leave. But the thing is, is when this starts happening and you're realizing that this relationship with this child in our home is causing a problem now, in particular, if there's other younger children still living in your home that you're trying to set an example for as Christian parents, is asking the Lord, what is it that you're trying to teach me through this um, scenario with this older child, this adult child? What are you trying to teach us, God? And the number one thing I see is that that God's trying to teach them how to trust him with the child, how to trust God with my son or daughter. And so when we're talking about the um, six principles, it's just if you can kind of understand these things, it will help you as you increase or grow in your ability to trust God with your son or daughter that you may have to allow to get into some precarious positions like moving out or not having not being able to stay there and yeah. they may be struggling. So we'll talk about that. But trusting God is a big key learning. And when I learned how to trust God with my with my children that were making some um, choices um, way back when, I I slept a lot better. Uh, my nights were more um, at ease because I stopped having worry and anxiety over what's going to happen to them because they're not in my house. Yeah. I gave up control. Well, let's, let's put a little uh, footnote right there. I, I think it's important for people to realize that these aren't just principles you've pulled out of a book. Uh, these are things you have for sure studied in different books and learned from other teachers. Right. But these are principles that you've had to walk out. You, right. You've had to, so you've, you've got the road rash from this. Yeah, Phil Waltrip wrote a book on parenting prodigals that, you know, really I learned a whole lot about. But every one of these principles are ones I've personally walked through with children um, and, and just seen the Lord do a, some amazing things. My, all my kids are wonderful and they're great. And, um, but they've had, to, they were like me when I was growing up, man. I, I started out as a young Christian guy and then I had this middle years of where I was wild and crazy Air Force fighter pilot and I was really not making good choices. But, yeah. Um, so anyway, what, what we really want to look at is, um, everything we do when we're talking about operating these principles is we don't want to let drama into the family, the, especially the husband needs to be calm. And anytime things in this discussion start to elevate, you need to go, oh, we're not going there. Uh, uh, calm down. Okay, why, why don't we take a 10-minute break, and then we'll come back and we'll try to talk about this again here in a few minutes. Because you'd never want it to get into a shouting match. It has to be calm and no drama allowed. And I've had discussions with kids where, uh, you know, it was like five breaks in a row uh, until they finally realize, hey, I can't get into this elevated yelling and screaming and drama thing. I got to just listen and communicate and talk. And then we finish talking about so options and stuff. You said you took five breaks in a conversation before? Yeah, well, we will take 10 minutes and then yeah. we'll come back in 10 minutes and okay. then 10 minutes. You know? <laughs> yeah, so you got to be willing to do that. You yeah. got to be willing to say, hey, okay, all right, we got to yeah. press pause, come back. Yeah, I got to learn that because we don't have any prodigal type kids, but. Man, you know, it's easy to get into some conversations mm-hmm. where it's just, Don't man, it, it, yeah, it, it can go from drama right. easy. Yeah. When, and when it's a drama, everybody just talks out of emotion. Nobody's talking really rationally. You say things you don't mean, and then you go, oh, we got a whole nother right. hole to dig out. So yeah. no drama. No drama. The second thing is, is that 
you probably did a great job parenting those kids when they were growing up. And, you know, for Christian couples, you brought them, they were in church, they went to Sunday school, they did all those things. And yet they still made those choices, like we talked about last time. Yeah. But um, in this case, one of the things that we really want to do is realize that it's it's not our fault. We don't want to live in guilt. We want to realize that when the child makes a, a bad choice or when they're, they're not uh, following our requests as far as being in the home, they are dishonoring you. And that Bible, the Bible is very... Um, uh, clear that when you dishonor your father and your mother, your life is not going to go so well, and you may not live as long. That's a very yeah. open thing. But you you want them to be successful. You don't want them to have pain. You don't want them to get in trouble. So we desperately think that we have to fix them. And that's the second thing. First, we have to learn how to trust them, and then we have to give up the idea that I can fix this child, that I have to fix this child, that my it's my responsibility as a good Christian parent to fix this child. Well, no, we're going to talk about some principles that you can start to walk through to, as you're dealing with this child. But if you get to the end and you get to the place where they're still going to choose option number six on your list that you're going to give them, yeah. you got to let them go. you got to let go. And that's where the trust in God part comes in. All right. So not your job to fix. Not your job, not your to, job fix. to fix. Okay. So um, the second, that, that's the first principle. You got to just realize it's not your fault that they're making this. You got to be uh, free from guilt. And so I really encourage parents when they first come in that, hey, you, you're you not a bad parent. You're not bad people. Everybody's, a lot, a lot of people are going through the same family problem. Our culture in the United States, there are so many families struggling with this right now. I see it all the time, every day. Um, the second thing is maybe I have made some mistakes, and maybe the best way to get to a ground zero starting point for this discussion is a willingness to ask for forgiveness where you have made the mistake. And I remember with my oldest son, um, he... Uh, I got a divorce when I was, uh, he was about four years old. And um, from the time he was four until the time he was about 20, he had developed a real anger towards me. And I mean, he was a very compliant child, but he was hurt that dad wasn't there anymore. And I'm off in the Air Force and mom's got, got him. And so by the time he got to about 20 and, and God was dealing with my heart, I finally realized that maybe I needed to just, and the Lord kind of put this on my heart, is go to him and ask him, would he be willing to share with me those things that I did over the course of these years that have hurt him so that he's so angry or so hurt? And would you be willing to share those with me? And I remember it was over the Christmas holidays. He was visiting us in Colorado, from yeah. Texas. And I said, hey, uh, can, can, you, can we meet on Sunday afternoon for an hour or so in my, in my little office there in the house? I made an appointment with him right off the bat when he first got off the airplane. And I said, just want to talk to you. And uh, he said, yeah, sure. So we had that time set. So when that finally came, I had kind of gone over in my mind, oh, these are the things I remember I really messed up. You know, I could remember the times that I, I thought I yelled at him or did things that hurt him or let him down. And I was expecting that's some of the things he was going to talk about. Well, when I finally got him in there and I finally just said, would you be willing to share with me the things I've done that have hurt you? He goes, sure. And then he starts talking. 
And he talked to me for two hours about all the things I did, said, or didn't do that I should have done that hurt him, and none of them were on my list. Now, the problem with this discussion is this, and I had to learn it very quickly. It's all about his perception of what's the truth. Right. It doesn't matter necessarily in this conversation if what he perceived was the truth is the truth. Because the first thing out of his mouth, he started telling me something that I did that hurt him, and that wasn't true. That was, he, the story got warped and was different from what really happened. And I started to defend myself like every parent would want to do. Well, that's not true. I'm not, I didn't do that, you know. And, and the Lord stopped me. And he said, just keep your mouth shut, Rock. It's all about him. It's not about you. Just be quiet. And so I just bit my tongue. And I remember it was hard. Some of them I just really biting my tongue, biting my lip to say something to defend myself. But the Lord just kept saying, be still. Just listen. And he told me all these things. And I mean, by the time we got to the last part, I just looked at him. And I said, I, son, I, I, I don't, didn't even know I was doing most of those things. I am so sorry. I didn't know I hurt you. Would you be willing to forgive me? And with tears in his eyes and tears in my eyes, he said, yes, dad. And we hugged. He goes, I forgive you. And I said, oh, thank you so much. And from that day forward, he started calling me Pops. And everything in our relationship shifted. Do we still have butt heads a few times and all that? Stuff? Yeah, sure. But that that huge gap that was keeping him away from me in relationship was now closed. All because of the gift of forgiveness. But you have to remember as a parent, if you're going to do that conversation, it's about them. It's not about you. Right. And, and so you got it's their perception of truth is their truth. And so they're just telling you what they're feeling and what they think. Let them tell them. Well, you think about that, like from a, or even from just an adult to adult peer to peer standpoint, if somebody hurt us, even if we got it wrong, we would still want them to hear us out. But somehow when you insert that power dynamic in there of, mm -hmm. of parent to child, we tend to forget some of those things. Yeah. And those are powerful lessons. That's and right. I think that's why Jesus tells us if somebody offends you, go tell them, go show them. Or if you've offended somebody, you still initiate, you go, because sometimes we just, Either way, you, you, you try to build that relationship, right. that bridge, regardless, because we just misperceive so many things. And the key thing is not just being right. It's the relationship. It's being in oneness with that person. Okay, so number one was you, you've guilt got free. to be, be guilt-free. Guilt You're not trying to fix them. Number two is to acknowledge, hey, I probably did do some things wrong. So let's go for forgiveness. What's number three? Number three is... Um, probably the hardest one for um, parents to learn in a definition wise, and that is being able to learn how to love your child unconditionally. In other words, to love your child with Father God's agape love. And that's uh, a love that loves you no matter what they do. And loving them with agape means I need to execute discipline in their life because it's very futuristic. It says that if I love them and I allow discipline to, and consequences to flow in their life, in the future, God's going to be able to change their heart, change their mind, change their direction. When we punish a child, it's usually out of hurt or anger. And when we do that, every child rebels against it. 
It's worldly love. We try if we love them with worldly love, or what we teach in school is eros love. It's making me. I want to feel good. It's like you keep doing the same thing over and over again for that child. They've wrecked your car. They've totaled four cars, and you buy them a fifth car because well, I just he's got to have wheels. He's got to be able to get to work, and you buy a car. Well, come on, somewhere in here you got to put that discipline in there that you know if you drive drunk all the time. That yeah. you know you're going to have a consequence. That you're going to start taking the bus, <laughs> or you keep bouncing, bouncing your checking account. Yeah, like at some yes. point, you just you don't you don't get more money. Right. Like you got to you're going to have to learn to live without. Exactly. Okay. So, so it's really um, learning to be able to love them and realize that that unconditional love is going to bring discipline. That's where Proverbs ten seventeen comes in that I was talking about that. You know, if you believe in discipline and understand that discipline is important because God disciplines his children and you don't discipline them, you just keep doing the same thing because you love them with the worldly love. It makes me feel good. I'm a good parent. I'm a loving father. I'm a loving mom or whatever. Then you're the Bible says in that in that verse that you're responsible for leading them astray because you aren't disciplining. them. Well, you're not. Ex- exhibiting the character of God yeah. e- either in that. Right. So as fathers, you know, men were to exhibit the father heart of God mm-hmm. to our kids and, and to everyone else. Right. Um, but so that, that's a whole different stance because I'm thinking of like Romans two, four, it's the kindness of God that leads us to, di- to, to himself that leads us to repent. Right. But sometimes that kindness does let you kind of, we want to we want go to go around the block right, the hard way. Sure. We want to be kind. We want to be loving. We want to we want to demonstrate all of the character of God in this relationship. But when the consequences bring the place of dishonorment to the parent, or when they've crossed the bounds, at some point you're going to have to love them enough to say, "This is going to break my heart to do, allow this to happen." But you're not going to be able to stay here with us, right? And I and you know in your head they don't have a place to go. You know I always think it's hilarious. When a 28-year-old comes in with counseling with his parents and they're talking about him having to um, go to a Jimmy Hale mission, say, for example. Yeah. And they'll go, well, I'm not going to Jimmy Hale mission because that's a, that's a homeless shelter. And I look at him and go, okay, you don't have a job. You don't have a car. You don't have any money. You have no furniture. And you don't have a house. And you're 28. And you're 28. <laughs> I'd say you're homeless. You know, <laughs> you are a homeless person, right? <laughs> You'll fit right in. Right. <laughs> and they go, oh, no, no, this is my home. I said, no, it's not. This is your parents' home. Right. You know, that, that they, uh, there's a weird thing there that children think that that home is their home forever. Kind of right. And they have a right to be there. And that's not true. Hey, when it, okay, so let's talk about this just really quickly. Where is that shift where it's no longer their home? Um, I think for most people, it's if your child is 18 or 19, graduates from high school, uh, and they go out and get a job, they now are on their own. If they're in college and you're still helping them get through that school or education, I'd say that's kind of still their home. Yeah. But by the time um, they graduate from college, that's really not their home anymore. So, so it's, it's some of what's a little it's, bit unique depending a, on the relationship. It's a floating, and, it's a floating target there. Yeah, but at one. some point, there's definitely a, a time when you acknowledge, hey, this is an adult that is right. able to stand on their own or should be able to stand on right. their own. The key question here on that one in that discussion, we won't spend too much time on it, but is when do I stop being a parent and I go back to being a father and a mother again? Right. Because... The hardest thing for parents is 
making the transition as your teens start to grow up and even in high school and allowing them to have more rope, allowing them to make more decisions, which may mean getting, making mistakes or whatever, you're transitioning from being the parent. A parent for a seven-year-old is the cop, is the teacher, is the controller, is the provider, is the everything, right? Yeah, that's, that's what them, they right? need. That's, right. that's what our fourth grader needs, right. high, high control. <laughs> right. They ask, if like, can I go spend the night? Can I go to this party? When do I have to be home? All those things. Yeah. But as they become teenagers, you start letting them become independent in their thinking and in their actions, and you start transitioning from parenting to going back to what you're going to be for their entire life, and that's father and mother. And if you stay in the parenting role of controlling things when they're 15, 16, and 17 years old, pretty much um, they're going to start rebelling against that. And they may be compliant and have a passive rebellion. So they're going, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. They get their first day at Alabama or at Auburn, and they just go crazy and wild the first year because now they're not going to be compliant. They've been rebelling the whole time, and they, they, they off they go. So you, we as parents, when we're talking about adult children in your home, we're not parenting them. We're their father and their mother that are dealing with our children in our lives, and we're helping to set boundaries and we're helping them out if we can, if they need a place to stay or whatever it might be. But they have to be willing to, to flow with your um, boundaries and your rules for your home. Yeah. All right. So let me put all this together. I think what we'll have to do is come back in another episode and, and get the next three uh, guardrails here, yeah. three principles. But you've said, you said you set it all up. Just as review, you said set it up with an environment, no drama. No drama. So no drama and the the two parents, husband and wife, have to be on the same page right, and lead with no drama. And then when you nail those down, the principles so far are, number one, not you, your fault. it's not your fault, guilt-free. Mm-hmm. Number two is you need to be willing to ask for forgiveness. So even though it's not your fault, you, you're not perfect. You yeah. probably did some things wrong. A lot of it's probably stuff they misinterpreted or misunderstood, but still, you're going to be able to ask for forgiveness to rebuild, restore that relationship. Number three is you must love them unconditionally. Right. Learn to love them. I mean, we all have to learn that. Yeah. Well, I imagine that that one's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next episode, you've got three more principles, three mm-hmm. of the six. So yeah. if you're listening, you'll have to come back and, and check that. I'm going to put some info down in the show notes right there where people can follow and learn more about these principles. Uh, what would you say as you close this out here? Um, I would just say if you if you're going through something like this with one of your um, adult children or even with your uh, more of adult teenager still at home and you're struggling, just uh, come on in and see me anytime. Uh, make an appointment and I can I can really ca- uh, coach you in how what's the game plan of, of getting to the ground zero where I have this conversation with them and setting boundaries in the home and the, the key is that God wants you to have harmony. He wants the joy of the Lord to be in your marriage. And um, he does not want you to to stay living in all of the chaos just because you feel obligated to do that as a parent. Well, there you have it. Uh, We're going to close out. We'll see you in the next episode. As you always say, rock, come join the tribe.